Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. What a great, great show we've been planning for you for today. And many of you have been listening to us already for at least an hour. But this is the kickoff of, yeah, more of the Dr. Pat Show. Hey, for more information about us, you can go to our website, www.thedrpatshow.com or simply drpatlive.com. And if you want to get in that application for the Holistic Makeover, go ahead and do it. Go to drpatsmakeover.com. That's drpatsmakeover.com. You're going to see a lot of information about what it is, what's involved, what you're, we're asking you to do, and all of that stuff. Today, I get to talk with Dr. Tim Irwin, and I get to talk with him about leadership. Now, what part of leadership intrigues me most these days? Well, actually, what he is doing is intriguing to me. And so we're going to be talking with him about, you know, the, uh, about the book Derailed, Five Lessons Learned from Catastrophic Failures of Leadership. He's joining us here today. And yes, I said catastrophic failures. We're going to talk about what the lessons are and how in the heck can we learn anything from catastrophic failures? What inspired um, uh, Dr. Irwin to write this book? And what is it that we need to learn in order to shape and craft a future that talks about high integrity and amazing results. And so he's joining us here today, just to give you a little bit of information, author, speaker, and leading authority on leadership development, organizational effectiveness, and executive selection. He has done this for more than 20 years. He has consulted with, you know, one of the top or many of the top uh, companies in this country, well-respected individual. He's been featured on Fox News, Fox Business, Investors Business Daily. Wall Street Journal and others. Senior management post in the U.S. based company with more than 300 offices worldwide. And beyond all of that, he's a managing partner of Irwin Inc. Now, one of the things that I love to do is I love to talk about leadership. I love to talk about the lessons learned. And I love to share information on how not only to raise the bar, but for all of us to reach the bar. And so we got, we are so thrilled and honored to have Dr. Tim Irwin join us today. Uh, Dr. Irwin, welcome, welcome, and welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Well, thank you, Dr. Pat. It's great to be on your program. It's great to have you here. I, I want to come out of the gate before we even talk about the book. I want to come out of the gate and talk about your personal journey. I want to step back for a minute and ask you, you know, you've been um, you've been in the business you're in for quite some time. You are seen worldwide as a leader in in the field yourself. And I wanted to ask you. Given all that you've done and everything that has brought you to this point, what have been some of the challenges you, Dr. Tim Irwin, had to overcome to bring you here today 
to this moment? Well, Pat, those are great questions, and I don't get asked that question a lot, but um, I come from a very modest background, uh, from uh, a, a very stable family, but uh, from, a, from a modest background, and I think there were a number of challenges along the way. Getting an education was one. Um, I've, I've, I've basically recommended people today that education, I think, is a good idea because it often helps catapult us into another level. Uh, getting a business going. I mean, it's tough to start a business. I'm sure many of your listeners have either started businesses of their own or are contemplating it, and it's tough. I mean, it's, it's hard to make the payroll every month. And so those were challenges, and there have been moments where I thought, what am I doing? But I believe that the rewards are tremendous, and, and you know, I urge your leaders, as you do on your program, to go for it, to, to stretch and to reach, uh, because these are things that can overcome. I think having, having a stable family, uh, in which I'm a member, having a great wife and great children has really helped, I mean, because you get encouragement at home, and... Uh, sharing that vision with, with people that are important to you. So those are just a few things right off the top of my head. And the, the reason I ask you about the journey, uh, Dr. Irwin, is because, you know, I think each of us right now is on a, on a journey. And sometimes when I have people, people such as yourself on the show, um, you know, it sounds sometimes like we bring, we bring the experts in, but they don't really understand the real deal. And I know that you do. And I know that the work that you do uh, is is not only challenging, but in this day and age, you've gone through uh, the pa- multiple paradigm shifts of business in the business place. And I want to ask you, you know, what do you see are the great aha moments and slash challenges in in organizations right now in order for them to be effective? Well, organizations today are obviously shell-shocked by the economy, and mm. so they're having to rethink some of, the, some of the basics. But, you know, some of the things that I think make companies succeed are, number one, having a great vision. People are drawn to vision. And I talk to leaders all the time. Number one, they, leaders want to trust their leader. That's, that's the thing that people want most in an organization. And so if you're a leader or trying to, even if you're just leading a team or a department or, or even leading a company, You've got to be a trustworthy person. You've got to develop trust. You've got to cast vision. You've got to encourage people to, to break out of the status quo, to think differently, and to, and to reach the vision. And those are, those are things that I think are very important. And I guess the other thing, and I feel very strongly about this, if you're, if you're running a team or an organization, making sure that you get great people around you, hiring good people. Uh, I urge my clients to go to a lot of trouble to hire people, to do a lot of interviews, to really vet people, to make sure you can spoil an organization with one toxic person. And we've all experienced that. So doing great selection. And then once you get people on board, really treat them well. Mm. You know, we are talking about your, uh, let's just say your latest body of work, uh, derailed. It It is an interesting term, and yet it's a term that I think so many of us truly have heard over time and the average person understands the term derailed but i wanted to ask you why derailed why that word and why that word to refer to leadership over the last 20 years we have seen a lot of leaders fail in fact the turnover is so tremendous in the ceo job of of most companies 
And I find that this metaphor of a train derailment is a really good good metaphor to describe what happens. It's because people literally, when they get fired, they, they, they get derailed from their jobs. I've often asked people, would you rather watch a news story about 10 trains arriving at the station on time, or would you rather watch a news story about a train derailment where you're watching the twisted metal and the rescuers are trying to get the survivors mm-hmm. out and there's a, a breathless reporter on side in a Gore-Tex rain suit uh, talking about this? And we're, we're drawn to these difficulties. And I think, quite frankly, the reason I wrote about derail leaders was that we learn so much from people's mistakes. And it's, it's hard to read about sometimes. We can't believe that these people have actually done these things. But I think if we, what I say in the book, derailed, is that all, I write about six CEOs that were derailed in their, in their jobs. Their boards fired them. But what I say over and over again is, hey, this book is not about six CEOs. It's about us. Mm-hmm. Because the very same things that cause a CEO to get derailed in their job are the things that derail us. Mm. They're not different. They're just more newsworthy. Okay, so for me, I love the term, by the way, derailed. I mean, I, I think it's, it does really say it all. I mean, every one of us, if we don't know someone that has been derailed, but for those of us that have worked in corporations or have been leaders of company, we've been derailed. You know what I'm saying, Absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Irwin? It's like not, we're, you and I are not talking about them necessarily, although your book talks about catastrophic failures but all of us i think that have been in a leadership role a business role whether you're inside a corporation or your own business we know what derailed means now there is derailment right that is okay we're just a little bit off the track here but no big deal you're talking about five lessons learned from catastrophic failures can you give us a sense from your book about what catastrophic failures are One of the things that I was very surprised to see over and over again is that people are rarely fired from their jobs because of lack of competence. Mm, They're usually failed because failures of character. Mm -hmm. And that's the interesting thing. People wouldn't get the job if they they weren't reasonably competent. Right. But more often than not, people fail. And I'm not talking about character, by the way, in the sense of being dishonest and stealing money from the company or misusing company funds or whatever. I'm talking about a broader definition of character that involves arrogance or being dismissive of people or being volatile or not being authentic. These are some of the examples of failures of character that cause cause some of these CEOs to get fired, but they also cause us to get fired. Mm. Um, do you think uh, the term and the, what it represents, the term integrity and what it represents is a lost art? And let's hold that for when we come back from break. <laughs> I don't know where that question came from. I just thought, if I've got Dr. Tim Irwin on the phone, I am going to ask that question to him. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Dr. Tim about leadership, about derailment, about failure, and what we can learn, not just the CEOs, but all of us. What are the lessons? How do we not make the mistakes? We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By.
You heard about it last year. You even thought about entering, but didn't. Now, life is giving you a second chance, announcing your second chance to change from the inside out with Dr. Pat's 2010 Holistic Makeover. So get on board. Winners will embark on a journey to make powerful change with the help and support of an entire team of coaches. Want to be a winner? Fill out the survey and tell your inspired story and how you plan to pay it forward. Go to drpatsmakeover.com. That's drpatsmakeover.com. So how many times have you said, I need to quit smoking? And how many times have you tried to quit smoking only to fail? How many times a day are you smoking and wishing you weren't? This is Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis, where we help you to become smoke-free for life. Take on the habits of a non-smoker, not an ex-smoker. Our clients tell us they simply lose the desire for the cigarette. Become stress-free and relaxed. Lose or maintain weight at the same time and effortlessly take back control. Andy Castle quit his 15-year smoking habit and has been smoke-free for over a year. Jane Penrod quit smoking after smoking three packs a day for 50 years. Yes, it works. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888-311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 888-311-7157. Are you in constant pain and tired of taking pain pills? At Holistique Medical Center, our physicians listen, examine, and find the root cause of your pain. Comprehensive, non-invasive, scientific, and energy-based natural therapies do exist to treat your pain and its root cause. Contact Holistique Medical Center to transform your life. Call 425-451-0404 or on the web at drdarvish.com. That's D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? Would you like relief from acute or chronic health issues? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? Would you like relief from allergy, weight, and digestive issues? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural technique. Whether you seek relief from health issues or desire to live at your optimum health and vitality, contact reflex analysis is a profound method which detects imbalances at a subclinical level, restoring health issues before they arise while increasing vitality and longevity. Discover CRA. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Every day we're moving toward wellness or away from wellness. I'd like to be your partner in achieving your optimal health and well-being. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Yes, indeed. I'm shaking in my chair because you know what? David Bowie knows how to rock it. Joining me here today, Dr. Tim Irwin, and we're talking about leadership. We have a lot of information that we're going to share with you today during the show. Uh, Information about your job, your employment. What are some of the lessons you can learn? What does derailment mean? And what can we glean from all of this conversation? Dr. Tim Irwin joining me here today. Yes, he is the author of the book, but more importantly, he is one of the most sought-after experts in the field of leadership where 
honored and thrilled to have him here today uh, join us on the show. Thank you, uh, Dr. Irwin. Thank you for joining us here today on the show. Uh, And I guess, you know, we were talking before the break and then we were talking, you know, during the break. There are so many lessons we can learn. But I want to get back to my my question and perhaps we could talk about this in terms of derailment. The word integrity and whether it's a word or a value. Grassroots people, workers understand what it means. Leaders use it a lot. Is there a gap? Well, there has to be. And one of the things, one of the lessons learned, as you said earlier, my book derailed Mm -hmm. five lessons learned. The very first lesson is that character trumps competence. Mm. You've got to be competent. You've got to be good at what you're doing. I mean, that's part of your job. But ultimately, character is what makes the biggest difference. And I find that the people that fail in their jobs very often have a failure of character. And that's why stress is so important. Character, integrity, words like that are a little bit old-fashioned in some people's minds, but I guarantee you they're still desperately needed in the workplace. By the way, I mentioned to you on the break that um, we created a free online assessment, and a lot of people are taking this now because it gives you some feedback on where you're at risk for derailing. Mm -hmm. The website, by the way, is derailedleader.com. It's very quick, but it gives you feedback on four character dimensions that I believe are essential for staying effective in whatever you do. When we think about uh, these, um, you know, the, you know, what we're talking about, the five lessons, uh, we're talking about things that every one of us, we're not just talking about the CEO of Bank of America someplace here. We're actually talking about lessons. So when you say character trumps competence, you're talking really for all of us. Absolutely. To learn what that means. No kidding. And the, the fact is, the things that cause people in the news to derail are the very same things that cause us to derail. One of the other lessons learned, by the way, is that I find lack of self-awareness is a common denominator among derailers. In other words, you can look at CEOs or you can look at people in any part of the organization. Those who lack self-awareness often have trouble. You know, we do have trouble. And here's an interesting question for you, because we're going to talk about the other lessons as well. You know, given that lack of self-awareness is really kind of like, let's just call it an issue for the moment, Tim. Uh, I mean, it's an issue. And yet we have developed, and believe me, I was part of one of the original 360-degree processes developed in conjunction with the AT&T companies. But the bottom line was... There was that 360-degree assessment that was originally meant for development and character, yet companies so leaned on it for performance. I mean, isn't, isn't it kind of crazy to take one of the most significant tools available and not simply leave it for development and throw the whole performance thing on it, or am I just out of touch? No, I think that's a philosophical question that I really side with you on. It's a wonderful technology, and for your listeners who may not be familiar with it, it's a, it's a, a rating tool that relies on your own self-evaluation, but it gets your boss to answer the same question, your peers and your subordinates or customers or whoever. And it's a wonderful tool that's offered by a lot of organizations to give people feedback. But as you said, it's been perhaps misused for performance purposes. But I find it's very powerful as a developmental tool, and feedback really of any type, and this lack of self-awareness need that I was just referring to 
is something where we need to become open to feedback from a variety of sources. And I would suggest to your listeners that uh, seeking feedback, asking people, hey, how am I doing? How could I, how could I improve? What are some of the things that you see me doing well? Uh, monitoring your own internal state. I, I talk to people almost daily who say things that they wish they could take back. And that's about self-awareness. It's about monitoring what we're going to say before we say it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I love 360. It's a great tool, and, and as you suggested, it's, it's not always used in the best possible way. Exactly. I mean, and we are talking about what does cause a leader to fail and what do, what causes it, all of us that are working to fail. There's this idea of getting the feedback. Then there's this idea of accepting it. And sometimes, you know, we have a tad of arrogance that prevents us from truly looking at that feedback and integrating it. You talk about arrogance in the book as well. I say that one of the five lessons learned was that arrogance is the mother of all derailers. Wow. It is incredible how frequently that's tied to people's problems. I studied one CEO that had a uh, private nine-car parking garage in the basement of his company. And from that parking garage, he had a private elevator that went from his parking space all the way up to his office on the 24th floor without stopping for the normal people. And that elevator and that parking garage became a symbol of this man's arrogance, and arrogance is what eventually did him in. But arrogance is something that will do all of us in. And arrogance comes out in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, it's, it's self-centeredness, it's, it's self-promotion, it's entitlement, it's being dismissive of others, uh, critical, aloof, argumentative. I mean, it comes out in a whole lot of different ways. But arrogance is the mother of all derailers. One of the things I want to ask you about, because we, I, I want to cover all five of these, but here's what I was struck by when I, when I read that in your book. Uh, I, it used to be that, of course, arrogance and being top leaders was definitely associated w- by gender, definitely associated to most men. But recently, thanks to the movie uh, The Devil Wears Prada, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We have a whole new view on arrogance and what it looks like for women. Are the, in your research, the five lessons, I wanted, I have to ask you if there are gender implications or if this is just plain mess ups in leadership. You know, I really think this is true for both genders. Arrogance mm-hmm. doesn't wear well on men, and it doesn't wear well on women. And I give examples of both in my book of powerful CEOs of huge companies that were arrogant and what it caused. And arrogance uh, doesn't wear well on anybody. In fact, a lot of studies have shown just in the last five to six or seven years that, oddly enough, a very important quality in leaders is humility. Now, leaders have to be fiercely determined to reach their goals and have to be focused on achieving what's best for the organization. But personal humility is a character that's often associated with very successful leaders. And arrogance is a diametric opposite. It's a certain derailleur. Do you believe, uh, Tim, that it is difficult for organizations and companies in this country, and I'm just going to talk about this country right now, this this country, to really incorporate some of the standards you talk about in the book, given that we're so driven by stock prices and Wall Street? 
No question. I've served in senior management of a large company that was traded on the Newark Stock Exchange, and I understand some of those pressures that Mm -hmm. that senior leaders feel to achieve earnings. I mean, we had a situation one day where we missed, one quarter we missed uh, analyst projections by one cent a share, and our stock dropped 20% the next day. I mean, we were punished disproportionately. And so leaders have to be tough-minded. They have to be emotionally resilient. They have to be focused. They have to be visionary. I mean, this is not an easy job to be a leader in an organization today. But arrogance is something that they don't need to be. Exactly. You you don't have to be arrogant to be a highly effective leader, do do, do we? In fact, I would say arrogance goes against being a highly effective leader. People don't like arrogance, and they don't trust leaders that are arrogant. What what do you believe also uh, contributes? What are some of the other lessons that you talk about in the book? And I just want to mention to everyone that, you know, t- uh, Dr. Tim Irwin joining us. The book is called Derail, Five Lessons Learned from Catastrophic Failures of Leadership. We're also going to talk about later in the show, we're going to talk about what you need to know in order to keep your job. What are some of the lessons, certainly, that I can't talk about because, you know what, been fired from every job I had. Um but maybe that's why I'm an entrepreneur, Dr. Tim. I don't know. But what are, what are you know, what is perhaps another discovery that you found? By the way, derailed is about what causes people to get fired and how not to be fired. That's why I wrote the book. I yep. want people to know how not to be fired. Yep. And that's the purpose of this assessment on derailleader.com is it, it really isolates those factors that cause people to get fired. So I encourage you, it's free, so just encourage your listeners to go take it. You get the feedback instantly. One of the other things that I've, I found out, and I, I'm a big believer that stress brings out who we are. In Ugh. other words, we're always who we are, especially under stress. Wow. And this is a very powerful concept because a lot of us aren't that good at mitigating stress, and so we tend to be who we are. But we need to be better at managing stress. And mm-hmm. I would say to your listeners that this is a, a critically important skill is to recognize the early symptoms of stress. I show in the book how people that derail go through a fairly predictable step, series of steps on how they derail. Well, let's hold that for when we come back from break, and we'll talk about those steps, because a lot of it has to do our emotional response to some simple things that happen on the job, and we get all freaked out and panicked about them and end up looking like we're acting out at a boss like that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. We're going to share these with you so that you can recognize them in yourself. We'll be right back. Ready to manifest your heart's desire? Want to know the secret to navigating life's in-between times with confidence and skill? Ready, Set, Manifest with Life Coach Debbie Lacey offers real tools to coach yourself through the in-betweens and leaps in life. Say goodbye to being stuck and hello to Ready, Set, Manifest. Visit theinspiredcoach.com and join the next Ready, Set, Manifest telegathering. You're not lost. You're getting ready. Visit theinspiredcoach.com. Reach your full potential and increase energy with the superfood of the Inca, Maca Magic. Maca naturally balances hormones, relieves symptoms of PMS, menopause, and erectile dysfunction. Maca increases energy, stamina, and endurance without caffeine. 
Visit MacaRoot.com. That's M-A-C-A root.com. Call 541-846-6222. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you like where your health and looks are headed? Or are you ready for a total transformation? Your dollars and days off have never been more precious, so why waste them on anything other than lasting, real rejuvenation? Sure, there are expensive spa vacations, and then there's total transformation. Join best-selling author Kat James in a gorgeous mountain setting where you'll learn the very food and self-care principles that transformed her beyond recognition without self-deprivation. Break free from the food and beauty self-sabotage and spend five days with the woman Self Magazine calls a master of self-transformation. You will even celebrate the new you with a world-class makeover and photo shoot. Want a total transformation but can't afford to get away? Attend Cat's teleprogram from your home via computer or phone. Make 2009 your year for total transformation. Call us at 877-54-TOTAL or visit us at totaltransformation.com. Athletes, diabetics, moms, let me tell you about a new high-tech energy gel called Chocolate Number no. 9. Chocolate Number no. 9 is made with only organic agave and the finest dark roast Belgian cocos. Number 9 contains no refined sugar. Number 9 is a certified low glycemic index item, and best of all, Chocolate Number no. 9 simply tastes great. Find out more at chocolatenumber9.com or call 866-999-1909. That's 866-999-1909. A Sacred Moment is a unique funeral service offering distinctive choices for honoring and celebrating the life of a loved one. Whether you want to create an intimate home funeral vigil, an environmentally friendly burial, or a personalized tribute by planning a life celebration service with the support of a celebrant, A Sacred Moment can guide you in creating an experience that will truly reflect a life well lived. Call A Sacred Moment at 206-529-3803 and visit asacredmoment.com. everyone welcome back to the dr pat show uh this is talk radio to thrive by dr tim Irwin joining us here today you know chronicles of collapse of six famous ceos uh but the book is also uh, derailed and it is a book on the lessons that every one of us can learn so that we can keep our jobs so this is a uh, if you've missed any part of the show today i hope that you download the archive which will be up a bit later today but more importantly everything we're talking about about is for not just the CEOs, but for all of us. You know, lessons that perhaps some of us wish we would have learned and we didn't learn, um, or things that we could learn for the future. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Dr. Irwin. Thank you for joining us here today. And, you know, let's continue the conversation. I mean, there's so much I know we have to talk about here. Well, Dr. Pat, it's great to be on your show. And, and I would say to your readers or listeners that uh, derailment's not inevitable. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it, that's one of the principles that I learned is that it's not inevitable, but without attention to our own development, uh, it, it, it's probable. So that's why I think this conversation is so important. In other words, this is relevant to every person listening because uh, derailment can, can and will occur to all of us if we're not attentive to these issues. What is it that uh, we should know? 
there were a couple things that you were going to talk about. And me, you know, I was I was interested, and I mentioned this to you during the break. You know, my concern is, you know, how are we shaping, you know, the the leaders of the future? How, you know, what what is what is the behavior in organizations truly teaching people that are going to be our leaders tomorrow? One of the things that difficult times bring out is they bring out, in some cases, the best, and they sometimes bring out the worst. Mm. So I think that this is a great time to be learning to be a leader because we're under very significant stress. What we have to be careful that we do is that we pay attention to our own individual stress. And I find a lot of people who derail ignore early warning signs. And that's a key step in the process, that people who are under stress because it brings out our dark side. We all have a light side and a dark side. And some of us don't like to acknowledge that we have a dark side, but candidly, I think we do. And stress tends to bring that out. So one of the things that I always encourage people to do is to pay attention to early warning signs. And I find that a lot of derailers had plenty of early warning signs. You know, there was a train wreck down in California uh, just a year ago, and the, the, the engineer ignored a number of warning signs. He got a radio dispatch from, from the headquarters. He went past a couple of uh, red signals but was texting on a cell phone and plowed right into the back of a parked freight train and a number mm. of people were killed. Mm. Well, we all have those early warning signs in our jobs and, and other places, but we got to learn to pay attention to them. Well, you know, I made a comment earlier, and I want to—I just want to expand on it. Uh, when I said that I've been fired from every job I had, and, you know, honestly, I really wasn't, I wasn't happy. It wasn't a good fit, and I, my value systems didn't align, especially, you know, in at, having a top HR job at a Fortune 100 company. And so for me, rather than, you know, contemplate I have to leave, although I did tell everybody I had to leave, you know, it got to the point where I just refused to do some of the things the organization wanted me to do. And, you know, my job was to implement a downsizing plan that didn't pay any attention to service. So personally for me, I was not at peace with myself. And I want to ask you about that. You know, there are a lot of conflicting value uh, things that are happening right now between employees, CEOs, companies, stockholders. And, you know, for me, I was very vocal about it. For a lot of people, they're not. And I wanted to ask you what happens when there is that incongruence between who you are, right, uh, especially under stress, and what the organization wants you to be. Well, it's, it's not a good mixture. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you obviously... Uh, I was uh, No, it was not good for me, and it was not good for them. It's not good for anybody. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean you, you were attentive to it, but I would say that any time we're, we're forced by our job to act in a way that's incongruent with our values and, and what we want out of our lives, that's not a good place to be. Now, at, at the same time, we have to acknowledge the reality of some yep. life. I mean, if you're a single parent and, yep. and you're working at a job and it's, it's really the only way you can support your family, I mean, sometimes we do feel kind of trapped. But also there are a lot of great stories where people went on the offense and they, they took control of their lives and their jobs and they, they made some things happen. I know a young woman who uh, was expecting her first child. She didn't have a college degree. She was working for a great company, but there were no senior women in that company, and she said, you know, I'm going to make a difference here. I'm going to make it my goal. Well, she went back to college at night. Now, this was tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, here she's pregnant. Eventually, she has this child, but she finishes college. 
And to make a very long story short today, she's the senior most woman in a, a global company. She's on the executive committee and uh, is really an outstanding contributor. But she decided at 21 that she was not going to be an administrative assistant anymore, that she was going to be in management. But it took a lot. And that's not in any way to minimize the circumstances that some of your listeners may be in. But uh, simply staying in our present role is often not the answer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said something very important, uh, and that is, and, and honestly for me as well, uh, if you really have to stay in the job you're in, which so many people do right now, I mean, we, we, we are being realistic, then there is an internal adjustment that, that each of us needs to make. There's no question about it. But that doesn't mean that we cannot plan for our future exit from the company, so to speak. Well, under the circumstances in which our country is now, I mean, jobs are hard to find. And it just makes what I just described even harder. But here's an example of what a person can be doing. They can go back to school at night. Mm -hmm. They can be reading more. They can be talking. This particular woman I just mentioned, uh, tried to go and network inside her company. She said, you know, I just want to understand more about what you do. Help me understand. She would have breakfast with people. She'd have lunch. And she was a very curious person that was often asking questions. And it served her well. And it turns out her company has been a wonderful place for her, and she's done well. But anybody can do that in any company. When we think about the book that you wrote, and for those of you uh, listening to the show, um, if you've missed any part of this, Dr. Tim Irwin joining us here today, you know, the book derailed and that conversation about derailed, there are the lessons you've talked about. But there are also, as you said before, there are also lessons that you write about that are going to help us keep our jobs, perhaps going back to school, perhaps, you know, demonstrating um, uh, sort of that extra effort. Is it a mystery for people or do we can we truly get that blueprint to help us keep our jobs? There's no question that that what I've talked about in this book is what keeps you from being fired. It's not competence. In other words, character trumps competence. And when we display character in all that we do in our work situation, it tremendously adds value. Now, candidly, we were talking about downsizing, and downsizing is a very tough thing to do, particularly if in Mm. your role you were the person charged to do it. I know. But you know what I discovered? I've I've been a consultant through three major recessions now, and I find for the most part organizations do not downsize their A players. Right. don't. You know, the companies, if it's going to stay in business, it's got to have those strong players. And if you're an A player, you're going to have job security. They tend to downsize the people that are are, are, are marginal performers in many cases. I mean, a, a recession is an opportunity for many companies. Now, again, the values under which this is done sometimes are marginal or questionable. But I'm saying that the way to keep your job is to be competent and to exhibit character. Uh, when we take a look at the, 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 the opportunities right now, when we take a look at building future leaders, and that was my question earlier, so much of the behaviors that have gone on in organizations um, over the past 10, uh, let's just say 10 years, um, they, that has contributed to shaping the leadership of tomorrow. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about is an old construct, so to speak, and it's called commitment and loyalty. 
And I wanted to ask you, you know, are those those are those values and are they like so old school right now? I mean, we have gone through an exchange of language, of managerial constructs that and, and variables that are no longer really studied with any real intention to prove performance. How do you feel about the terms commitment and loyalty in organizations? Well, those are old-fashioned terms yep. in many respects. And one of the challenges that I feel in leadership development today is that a lot of leaders have learned to become expedient. And expedience, in my mind, is not a good word. Expedience says we're going to cut corners, we're going to compromise our values. And I think that's the kind of company which I think would be the hardest for your listeners to remain in. So there's to remain a part of a company that is expedient or compromises its values. Every company I know has their values posted in some place. I mean, I was in a company the other day that had them etched into glass. I mean, this gorgeous entryway with their values. But when you when you peel back the, the, the layers sometimes, those values are not necessarily followed. But I think commitment and loyalty are part of character. They're part of a high calling. And they're part of, I think, what makes people ultimately successful. And when they get to the end of their lives and they look back, what kind of narrative have we created? See, we're writing a narrative every day. Each one of us is creating a story. We're writing a narrative. And the question is, when we look back on our lives, what's the narrative we want to have created? And I think that's a great perspective to have. And that's about commitment and loyalty to principle and, and, uh, and so on. Well, we're going to talk about what the next steps are for all of us. You know, what is it about being derailed that we don't want any part of? And again, there is a free resource, a resource for all of you to take that personal risk assessment, that online assessment uh, at derailedleader.com derailedleader.com that is and it's free so just please go ahead and check that out when we come back let's talk about derailment and the larger societal issues and how does the united states how does the united states compare to countries across the ocean for example what does japan do does it make sense for us to do the same we'll be right back with tim Irwin. Remember, for our dogs and cats to live long and happy lives, just like people, they are what they eat. Wellness carefully selects wholesome ingredients to create food you can trust to provide the foundation of your pet's well-being. True wellness means every ingredient has a purpose in every recipe they make. You can trust the quality of all ingredients in wellness from their source to your pet's bowl. Visit wellnesspetfood.com to find a pet specialty retailer near you. Wellness natural food for pets. This is where true wellness begins. Unlock your divine power and become the true master of your life with visionary clairvoyant Terry O'Connor every Monday at 10 a.m. on the Dr. Pat Show. Using her extraordinary connection with spirit, Terry can energetically view your true inner blueprint and guide you to your soul's highest purpose. Explore your personal connection to your authentic self and let your spirit soar as it was truly meant to. That's the Carrie O'Connor Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, 
on the Dr. Pat Show. Did you know green is no longer just a color? It's a call to action to go green. The Perf Go Green Hour is all about building community through radio. Powerful conversations about solutions to ensure healthy environments and vibrant communities. We'll talk about practical solutions and how people all over the world are changing their individual behaviors to contribute to the solution. And this radio show encourages action and commitment. Join us for a transformative hour of radio with Perf Go Green. Visit perfgogreen.com. Green by choice. Now is the time for you to create the life you want to live. Tap into unlimited possibilities and be the masterpiece you're meant to be. Hi, I'm Dr. Melody Ivory, your personal growth expert and co-host of the Breakthrough Interview Series, Step Into Your Full Greatness on the Dr. Pat Show. With the eye of an artist, the heart of a poet, and the brilliance of a scientist, I'll show you how to dig up the road, pave the road, walk the road, and be the road to your full greatness. I'll tell you what the secret didn't tell you, which myths hold you back, and what hidden talents and skills you need to thrive in these challenging times. I'll help you easily transform your life from the inside out. Now is the time to get to where you really want to be, and I'm here to help you get there. Listen to Step Into Your Full Greatness on the Dr. Pat Show and go to MelodyIvory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's MelodyIvory.com. Hi, I'm Teresa Gertz, and I was a winner of Dr. Pat's Makeover 2009. While a part of me set aside expectations of winning, another part of me started to act as if I'd already won by taking steps on my own in the areas of my life that I wanted to change. This was the most important piece for me. I continue to benefit from the makeover, and I'm oh so grateful to be back on track and paying it forward to my community. Visit drpatsmakeover.com for information and entry form. That's drpatsmakeover.com. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. And, yeah, we're helping you keep your job. I know. I know. Yep, we're doing that. Uh, Thanks to Dr. Tim Irwin joining us here today, the author of Derailed, Five Lessons Learned from Catastrophic Failures of Leadership. But what he's writing about and what we're learning is that those lessons transcend, transfer to us. And, you know, I couldn't learn any lessons because I was just miserable. I had to go. You know, you can't be openly miserable and the head of a division and expect to hang around. And so there are so many lessons that we learned. But honestly, it was time for me to go. And we know when our time is. But if it's not your time, you want to listen to Dr. Tim Irwin. Dr. Irwin, thank you for joining us here today. I mean, it's kind of like, well, one day we're like at the top of our game and the next day we're derailed. No, that's not what you're saying. There's got to be some buildup or stages that you refer to. Can we talk about those? Because I think the stages really not only they don't just affect a local level. They really have implications globally. Dr. Pat, you're exactly right, and I don't care whether it's a leader of a company or a leader of a committee or a leader of a country. They all seem to go through these same stages of derailment, and they're fairly predictable. And we can see it in people that uh, we see managing organizations, but we can also see it uh, in other roles as well. 
And I think the, the, the most important thing is, is this early failure is caused by a lack of self-awareness. I can't stress how important that is. I, um, I see this all the time. I've been working with leaders for 20 years. And the ones that are self-aware, that they monitor their own internal state, they monitor their impact on other people, they pay attention to cues, They're, they have what's sometimes called emotional intelligence. These are people that tend to do so much better. And when you lack that, you're just you're setting yourself up for failure. One of the things that I, I would love for you to address is, you know, what sort of the you know, the process is. And the assessment is is key. I can't say it enough. I mean, honestly, I remember an assessment that was done uh, when I was, you know, a manager before I was, you know, executive director, but I had a management job. And they, you know, they came in with one of these assessments. I don't even remember which one it was, uh, you know, Tim, but the bottom line was one of the things that showed up in the assessment for me at the time was that people would wish that in the morning I wouldn't shut my door. And everybody said that. In the morning I would come in early and I would shut my door. Well, I am an introvert. I'm so far on the introvert scale, you wouldn't believe it, you know, in one of those famous, like, Myers-Briggs things. And so for me in the morning, coming in and shutting my door was just my way of kind of being there, right? But everyone in the group would have to walk by my shut door. And I had to deal with that. And, and what I had to do was I had to really acknowledge, thank you for that feedback. And I had to open my door. So when you're talking about being aware, there's an awareness, there's the information, and then there's something for you to do. And so then what they also said is they wanted me to go say good morning. Okay. So here, Here's like a perfect example. Of course, I adjusted to that, and I was grateful for it. But for me, I erred on the other side. I mean, I actually got too chatty with people, spent too much time in their offices, and they basically said, you know what, you're just taking this way too far. How do we develop those relationships to get feedback and then know what to do with them? Other people are like mirrors to us. If you will pay attention to people's faces, their posture, their body language, you will get an incredible amount of information about how you're coming across. And so what you got was some feedback that says, hey, Pat, you're, uh, you're too detached, you're yeah. too removed. Yeah. We want to we connect with you more. Now, often when we have something that's not quite working for us, our internal calibration is a little bit off. And so maybe we overcorrect, and that's what you did. I did. <laughs> you became a little too friendly. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, I was bringing in donuts every day and just wanting people to chat, and they were like, uh, you know, like we're really busy. <laughs> it's like, Pat, tone it down. Ratchet this down a bit. But seriously, um, you paid attention to the feedback, and that was a good thing. And then people gave you some more feedback, and you calibrated. And that's what we need to get, get better at doing. It's not that we have to become enslaved to the feedback of others. It's just that we pay attention to those signals. Lack of self-awareness is where most derailers get in trouble. That's, that's what starts the process. And then inevitably, as I said earlier, arrogance is the mother of all derailers. And arrogance or pride or dismissiveness of people or unwillingness to take feedback, lack of openness, uh, being aloof or argumentative, that begins to set the stage mm. for where we really get in trouble. That's that second stage, if you will. And I find most derailers go through that. 
Oh, I know. I mean, you know, everything you're talking about, I totally relate to. Um, and, you know, the question then becomes, what are we ultimately trying to see, you know, achieve um, in in knowing these things now and then still not be able to make a correction uh, for them? What a great show. Thank you, uh, Dr. Irwin, for joining us here today. You know, this is a really, really cool conversation and the book is fabulous. I want you to also please give out the information about the assessment so that folks can go ahead and do that. Dr. Pat, I strongly urge your listeners to go to derailleader.com and take this free assessment. It's free. It only takes a couple of minutes, but it will help them assess their risk. And it gives you developmental recommendations. In other words, you get your report right back, and it gives you developmental recommendations for anything that you score low on. It's a great, great tool, and I can't encourage enough. Derailleader.com. And, you know, and I'm going to do that after the show. One of the things I wanted to kind of wrap up with in talking with you, and we didn't, you know, touch on it much, uh, is that ripple effect. It's the global reflection of leadership. What can we say about our political leaders, if anything, at this point in the show? <laughs> well, l- l- let me be very clear. I'm not a political analyst. Right. So, and uh, I'm, I don't talk politics in general on the show. Exactly. Right. But you, you have to observe some of the things that are going on in our country right now, and you say, you know, there's arrogance there. They're being dismissive of people. When people disagree with their opponents, uh, it's, it's perfectly normal. I mean, that's expected. I mean, we have different political parties and different political views. But the, dismiss, the level of dismissiveness of some of our political leaders today is troubling. And I think they, they would be well advised. I mean, they, they, you know, just a week ago, the voters in New Jersey fired George, uh, John Corzine. Yeah. I mean, he got derailed. Yep. And Actually, they were starting to derail him way before that election. No, well, Folks sure, that were not the- happy with him, and they let him know, but I don't think he listened. He missed the early warning signal. He did. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's a I'm from New process. Jersey. I'm from New Jersey, and I tried to reach the man. It's a predictable process, and he didn't pay attention to those early warning signs, mm-hmm. and the voters fired him. Yep. By the way, one of the things that voters complained about was his arrogance. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of... Uh, and again, that's not a political comment. No, that's it a leadership comment. Yeah, no, honestly, and it doesn't really fall on political sides. You know, it, what that really, and you know, my best friend is in in New Jersey, and I'm not going to talk about who she voted for, but honestly, on any other given day, uh, that would have gone in a different direction. The, it had switch, nothing to do with political party right there. The switch to the other party. One of the one of the examples in my book mm-hmm. just announced for Senate in California. Mm. So. You know, I hope she learned some good lessons about uh, her own derailment from Hewlett Packard. Mm. Well, you know, there's there's so many lessons and there's so many things to learn. And, you know, it isn't always like we see in the movies, is it? It's not always like the movie Wall Street or The Devil Wears Prada. And, you know, I'm sure you and I could think of a couple other movies like that. But there clearly are some characterizations in those movies for us to be mindful of. Very uh, much so. I, I'm telling you, you know, it was hard to watch Meryl Streep in that movie. You know what I'm saying? And it's really hard to work for him. But character is what, uh, you know, Anne Hathaway had in her in her role. She played. There was a lesson there that comes right out of your book, right out of your book. You said her courage to walk away from that opportunity was exemplary. Right out of your book. You got it. 
Wow. Thank you for joining us here today. What a great show. What a great conversation. And, you know, all of us get to look within. We are all leaders, don't you think, Tim? There's no question. And people don't recognize that. We're all leaders of something. And this show, I hope, will help each of us become a better leader. There was something here for every one of us, me included. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. And don't forget, we'll see you tonight at 6 on bbsradio.com. Don't forget derailed leaders. Did I get that right? Derailedleadership.com or derailed leaders? Derailedleader.com. Derailedleader.com. Take the assessment. We'll see you next time, everyone. Have a great day.